that really what we're trying to do when we lead through um, services and series is trying to help you productively embrace change in your life. That, that's why the Word of God is alive, it is active, it is relevant, it is now, it is inspirational, it's then, it's future. And, and we want to try and open up our lives enough for you to go, I, I understand that. So before I start what I'm going to go on to, this is the question I want you to chat to your neighbor is, um, this is how I respond to change in my life, right? And it, you, that could be a great answer. It could be like a really kind of, oh, I don't do it well. Just share, just for a couple of minutes, with the next person going, this is how I respond to change when it happens. What do you think? I'm going um, to do a quick dip sample of where you all are, right? Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions. You can only vote to one of these questions, all right? So we're going to do this vote. So the first question I'll ask, I won't do it straight away, just to give you, so you know the options for those of you who are like quite meticulous. I'm going to ask whether you respond to change really well, uh, whether you respond to change not bad, you know, in the middle, or whether it takes you a while to respond to change, if that's all right. So those of you who respond to change really well, put your hands up. Let's just have a look. Excellent, not bad. Those of you who kind of, eh, eh, swings around about now, put your hands up. And those of you go, gee, change for me is a bit of a struggle. It's all right. You know, you can embrace that. It's good. Just, just to let you know that change is normal for everyone. You know, Ecclesiastes 3 in the Bible uh, leads out with change. And it says this, to everything there is a time and a season. Which means change happens in our life. I know you know that. I know I don't need to tell you that. But also to get the context of what we're talking about, just to be aware of it. But Ecclesiastes 8 verse 5 is a scripture I want us to hold through this whole series is. The tape, the, those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right. So the question is not so much are things changing, is what is right during that changing season. And that's where we have to grab hold of and learn what God is doing in the midst of us. Now, just to give you a very practical story of change, and um, who likes having their hair cut? Yes, isn't it? Who's not sure? Who just has to have it done? So gents just go in, right? And they don't ever say anything different to the barber. It's the same they had it last time that they had it last time. And probably you've not said anything different for the last 20 years or so. And when they ask you, well, how would you like it done? You panic a little bit. Because really, I'm not an expert on hairstyles, cutting or barbers, isn't it? But you kind of have some idea and you feel really loose on that. So um, this week I had my hair cut, as you can see, uh, by the way. And I did something different. I asked the person to do something different. And then I panicked. Because I'd seen somebody who'd had their parting cut into their head like this. So I thought, I'll ask him for that, isn't it? And then, and then you have to trust him to do it, isn't it? Because the barber goes, yeah, I can do whatever you like, isn't it? You know? and, and so there we go. And this is what I did. So I was really kind of out of my comfort zone. But it reminded me another time I had my hair cut, by the way, just to give you the context of two different changes that happened in your life. Um, I had to go to a wedding one weekend and a military banquet, because I was operating as a padre at the time. And so it was quite a key weekend to get my hair done right. So I went in, sat in the barbers, and said, just the normal, just kind of short back and sides, and just short on the top, things like that. And, and as the chap was chatting to me, he suddenly had a, a lurch in his hand, as with the clippers. And rather than going here, he suddenly shot straight up my head, right, and left this bold patch to about here. And so, and then he panicked, and then, and then he said, well, I'm going to have to even it out. 
So then he had to shave half the side of my head up the other side. And I've still got photos that the kids love bringing out uh, of that moment. I had to go to this military banker looking very strange. And a, a wedding as well. And so the reason I'm telling you those two hairstyle stories is because sometimes changes where you choose it. I want to change, I want a new parting cut into my hair, you know, or there's other changes that you face that are imposed upon you. Now, I've said those changes that are imposed upon you are sometimes more difficult because the impact and the significant on our life. Last week, we just kind of wanted to get you into the place of keep changing perspective. In the size of God, the change you're going through now is minimal. In the size of eternity, in the size of the whole plan and purpose for your life, the change right now is actually a relative one. The change from Exeter to Newbridge inside of eternity is actually not the change. There is far more going on. I wanted to just get the grass out last week. And also, number one, uh, number two, which was understand that we trust God with change because God does not change. In fact, that will be the foundation for the whole series. Keep going. God does not change. Whatever change is going on in your life, God remains the same, and that is an incredible thing. Now, I told you a story last week. Do you remember the story? I kind of read half of it. Who moved the cheese? Who liked that? I, was going to, I won't ask who hated it, just in case it just puts me down. I'll ask it at the end. Um, but on that, but you know, and then people were going, Aaron, you only told half the story. So if you weren't here, the story was about four characters, two mice, uh, called Sniff and Scurry, and two humanoid figures, let's call them men, um, you know, Hem and Haw, you know, and they are in a maze, and, you know, they just go around looking for cheese, and then they find a massive kind of supply of cheese, and cheese, by the way, is life's purposes, success, security, all of that's what they can, it's an allegory, uh, and they settle in that position of comfort and going, I just love this place. So the four of them are all there until one day the cheese runs out. And so the premise was, at some stage in our life, change comes, and our life's happiness, success, security, suddenly alters. You could be in that stage right now where your cheese has run out, okay? And so there were four responses that we kind of covered, and I stopped at that point when the cheese ran out, and go to the story. So, um, Hor got angry. His response was, What? Who gets angry at change? I know you're in church. So I could ask your partner this question and get more response uh, on that, isn't it? But, you know, who's got that frustration in us? Something's changed in my life. And genuinely, there's a, a lineup and wind up inside of us that we do that. And others, sometimes we just go quiet. You worry more, by the way, when I go quiet. Because I'm not processing my emotion. Well, I am, but I'm doing it internally. That, that has a stronger capacity when suddenly I start to do that inside with, with nobody accessing that. We do two different responses. Have you noticed that when change happens? Sniff and scurry in, in the stories, it pans out. They don't stop at the change where the cheese runs out, where life's happiness and their security. What they do, they move on. They go to look for new cheese. They go to kind of find new opportunities and, and they explore. And, and today I just want to position us through those motions to get some confidence back into us so that when things change in our life, we don't just go, Duh! or we go and just be quiet. But actually, go, this is really intentional and maybe God wants to move me. Do you remember back in the day where the organ position was a big key? 
key issue in church. We've been in a long time, isn't it? I've read books on leadership that the way to effect change is to move the organ one centimeter at a time because it used to be quite prominent, isn't it? You know, and I kind of think, whoa, gee, crazy. Do you remember when you have to used to wear hats in church with fruit bowls on? You remember those times, isn't it? You know, and like it was a law to wear a hat in church. Well, half things have changed, isn't it? Now we've got a man wearing a hat in church. You would not have survived in church 30 years ago. <laughs> Just think of it though, in context now, with now what we know that when you get to heaven, Maddie walks into heaven with a hat on his head, and Jesus says, No, you're wearing a hat, get out. Theology-wise, how did we get to a salvation issue on a hat? Anyway, because there's changes happening all around. And straight away, if you've been in church a long time, you remember that person who just got, oh, you've got long hair, cut it. Isn't it? You know, things like that. You'll go to hell. Or oh, anybody got a tattoo? Oh, well, let's not say that in church. <laughs> Who moved my cheese? Things that we respond to negatively. So let's talk about fear just for a few moments if I can. You know what fear does? It paralyzes you. Paralyzes your thought, paralyzes your attitude, and, and as much as you are passionate about that, it stops you moving. Who moved my cheese? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid right now. And if fear leads you, you will stop moving into what God has got for you. Sometimes we resign ourselves to fear. Sometimes we have that fear, and it's that passive-aggressive approach, isn't it? How are you coping with those changes in your life? This is what it sounds like. Fine. Right? So, you know, when I hear that, my brain's going two things. I can hear the word fine, but I hear a tone on it. Who speaks in a word in English but uses a different tone? Who's married to somebody who does that? Don't put your hand up. Do not do that. That's, that's, I've just trapped you. Understand, isn't it? There's two things going on. There's inflection that we put into our language by which we say things is right. Oh, I'm fine. But actually, we're not fine because sometimes there's a passive aggressive frustration inside of us when changes happen. That's how we respond. What would you do if you weren't afraid in this situation? Interesting, isn't it? You sat in a doctor's surgery and the doctor's kind of putting out in front of you some kind of information that you're kind of thinking is not great news and fear suddenly grabs hold of you. How would I respond if suddenly I wasn't afraid in this moment? It's a different response, isn't it? Have you noticed fear traps your brain? It stops your thinking, shrinks your capacity to operate, holds us solid and we become paralyzed from it. See, when you stop being afraid, by the way, of things in life, you feel good. Fear does not feel good. Fear just makes you, sometimes you just kind of, it just, whenever I have that kind of moment of fear, I just think, I feel trapped right now. It's actually a, 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 a mechanism of the devil, the enemy of your soul, is to put you in that place. Because if he can keep you in fear, he can keep you static. Start to imagine you, how do I go if I suddenly stop being afraid of this? Feel good follows. Because like Hannah said, actually I took faith to my fear. And that's when I knew that God was leading me. The sooner you let you go of the old cheese, the sooner you find new cheese in life, by the way. Fear is, if I stay here, it'll remain the same. And actually you know that the cheese has ran out. Some of you are praying to God 
and the cheese is run out. Not because God doesn't exist and not because God is not there, because God has suddenly said, I want to move you on from this way, how you connect with me. I want to move you into a place because where you sat is a place of fear or negativity you know, or disappointment or re- rejection. And I want to move you out of that because I, I actually am not there. I want to take you to a better place. Isaiah 43 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Redemption means I have returned you to your original design, created by God with a purpose. That's what redemption means. And let me tell you that fear not is used in the Bible 80 different times. And so whatever you're going through in your time of change right now, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear, because fear, the moment it comes in, it paralyzes them with static. Our first response to change when it's not good is resignation when we paralyze our fear. Our second response is, is resistance. Who is stubborn in this room, by the way? Come on. I'm going to put my hand up to this. I am stubborn, right? Do not get me into a stubborn place. I'm not at my best. Really, and uh, if you know me and things like that, and uh, I'm also married to a stubborn woman. So I have a stu- I'm married to a stubborn woman who has a stubborn husband. Right? You know, that, that's you know, kind of sign. We need to just understand that stubborn frustration, which means I'm going to fight change. I am going to resist change. And that's how they cope with it. I am not going to change to this change. Isn't it? You know, there's that quote from that old elder who said, change, change. I've seen lots of change over my time in church, and I've resisted every single one of them. Who's met an elder like that? Not in Riverside, all right? We do not have elders like that in Riverside. But that's the whole point, this resistance. This is so confusing. I don't understand. Why is this going on? I want old cheese. Who believes that the old days are better than the, f- the future days? Let me tell you, if you believe that, you are locked. You have locked your destiny. You will never see anything compared to what you saw before unless you unclip that belief. Because that is a faithless belief. It was always better. My relationship was better. My kids were better. The car that I had was better. The job that I had was better. Right? If you believe that, you are living a lie. Church was better. Who wants you to believe that? The devil. Let me tell you about church right now. You can come into church if you have long hair now. You can come into church if you have tattoos now. You don't have to put fruit on your head. I think that's better. I don't have to worry about leadership issues, about moving the organ in this church. There's a freshness in this church. There's a life in this church. There's a permission in this church to be who God has called you to be. Who remembers a church which said women didn't have the ability to lead? Oh, I'm treading on eggshells now, aren't I? We do not believe that in this church. We believe that you who are who God has created to be. If God has given you the gift of leadership, it is irrespective of what gender you carry. So there are things that are better. 
Am I really operating where I want to be? No. Why is that? Because God has put a spirit of growth inside of me. Do I want my future to be better than my present? Absolutely. Does that mean I'm going to get frustrated at times? Yes, it does. But I'm not frustrated because I want to be, go back. I'm frustrated because I want to go forward into all that God has got us to be. Because we need to embrace change to do that. Third one of our, our bad responses to change is, is this psychical when we just have change for change's sake, by the way. This is not a good thing. There's a, there's a concept within the adoption world when a child has been adopted and put into care families and care families and another care family. And then they're put into this incredible family that says, we want to adopt you for life and this is your forever family. We, we see this, this kind of where, where adopted children suddenly try to destroy um, their relationship because they want to take control of, I'm going to kill this before you Crap, isn't it? Circle back and sometimes this, this change, we're stubborn enough to say, I am going to bring my own change to stop this good thing so I can control when I get hurt. That doesn't work, actually, by the way. That's fear driven. And if you're trying to stop yourself getting hurt in the future, you will get hurt in the future because you're running to your fears, you're not running to faith. If you went to a counsellor, we have Claire here as a, in, in the church who operates and works on team as a counsellor. She's exceptional, by the way. And uh, if you ever need her advice and services, by all means, um, just um, speak to her and, and talk to her about whatever that you feel that you want to. I said to her, how, do, how would you as a counsellor speak to people with issues going through change? Because I'm interested in, in how she would position herself and her advice. She said this, the more important your cheese is to you, the more you hold on to it. Recognize how significant things in life and just grow in significance and sometimes we need to let go because that's not coming back. You know, sometimes if a partner has walked out on you and is not coming back, holding on to that forever is holding you back sometimes. And it's good to fight for things, I believe that, but sometimes we can't hold a thing where we're, it's based on somebody else's will. She said the second thing is smell the cheese often so that you know when it's getting old which just simply means just boost your awareness in terms of change, of, of just looking at your life, just looking at your happiness, looking at your security, looking at your relationships, and going, actually, how is it? There's a question me and Rachel ask each other, are we okay? It's not just a case of, are you fine, Aaron? It's just there's something going on here that we just not had the framework to talk about all the time. Are we okay? It's smelling the cheese. Things are changing around us, you know, and we're having to change, but are we still okay? It's good to do that in the context of work and relationships and health. Some of us never ask ourselves, am I okay? Is that itch that I've got on my skin something that I need to take to the doctor and ask? You know, we know, by the way, that men struggle with understanding that they need to go and see the doctor. Because somehow it's been generated, that's a failure if we ask for help. That is not a failure, guys. Let me just be really straight. To ask for help is strength. Let me tell you an also thing. To cry is not weakness. If you've been brought in a home and it's going, get over it. You know, shape up and shape out. And you can picture your dad right now. He's put you under a limit of growth. Because I think this, to express emotion honestly and truthfully, you know, I think that's good for us. 
There's something cleansing about having a cry. You can't work it up, by the way. It's not something you're just going to do. But let's just give ourselves some more permissions to actually assess where we are in life. And the last thing he said, the quicker you let go of the old cheese, the sooner you can enjoy me. Change in our lives. Sometimes we're holding on to, even our health as we get older, by the way, is not the same as when we were younger. Who struggles with that change? Some of you are bending down to do your shoelaces and wondering what else you can do while you're down there because it costs you how much to get there, yes? Let's not fight that. Let's just be real. Let's just accept that change happens to our mortal bodies. Paul said, who can rid me of this body of sin? I reckon he was looking in the mirror as he was saying that. Putting on his moisturizer or whatever it was. The summary of what I've just said in relation to that counseling advice. If you're aware, your awareness brings choice. Your choice will bring change. So what are you aware of that's changing your life? What choices do you need to make? Those choices will affect change. I, I want to finish with this if I can because I want to leave you with a biblical model for change. And it relates to the three stories I told last week. I just want to go through them. I'll just slightly order them, just to reorder them. So Mary, her change was, as a young girl, the angel came to her and said, you're going to bear the Messiah, right? Massive change. We understand the physical change, the reputational change, the relational change in that. And I want to point to her response in Luke chapter 138. She said this, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. So I want you to remember this, submission. First point to change when it comes to God. Resignation says, I know best. But submission says, you know best. When you resign yourself to something, you're back in your own ability and your own knowledge and your own understanding. When you submit to God, you release everything. I can sit in a doctor's surgery and he can tell me the scans of cancer in my body and I can look what the doctor is saying to me or I can say, God, you know best. You know best. My life is in your hands. It has always been in your hands, whether it's in Minnesota, whether it's in Newbridge, whether it's in Exeter, wherever it is, my life is always in your hands. I am living under submission. Let me tell you, the biggest release you can ever find in your life is if you submit your life to God. Some of you are fighting addictions. Some of you are fighting your own identities. Some of you are fighting your circumstances, fighting against a family of years gone by. You're not fighting against a previous church history story. You're fighting of something that's inside of you. And God says, how long are you going to fight for it? Why don't you just give it to me? Let go. I don't want you to carry the hurt or the pain. Or the bitterness. I want you to let it go. Because I want you to see a new future. When we stop being afraid, we start having fun. Abraham was the second spiritual model mentor that I had. When God said, go to a land that I will show you. And he changes his whole family. Genesis 12 verse 4. Is one. It's just such a simple thing. Abraham departed as the Lord instructed. Can we simplify our lives a little bit by just being obedient? My mum and dad used to teach me obedience is better than sacrifice. 
That was just before I was about to get a slap. You know, and I never fully understood it until I'm a bit older now. And I know where the story, they never explained the Bible story that it came from, you know, in Samuel. You know, that actually just God wants people to do what he says. We can think about it, we can talk about it, we can imagine it, we can hear messages in church over and over again, and God's just saying, are you going to do it? Resistance says, I am not moving. But obedience says, where you go, I will go. Notice Ruth said that, didn't she? Moses said, I'm not going anywhere unless your presence goes with me. Let's be obedient in the concept of change. Not about us, it's about what God is doing. And finally, Elijah, through his times of drought, when he went through so significant changes in his life of drought, wilderness, battles, brooks, caves, he ends in that place in 1 Kings 19 verse 15 when the revelation comes to him. Whirlwind of the fire and then the still small voice. And the still small voice says, go back the way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus and anoint the next generation. He goes out of that place of revelation and he anoints the next king. He goes out of that place of isolation and he anoints the next prophet. He goes out of that place in that isolation and he anoints 7,000 of us who God ordained for them. And because Elijah's getting to the end of his purpose and serving of life. And God says, actually, I'm taking you this transition to release a whole new generation. So our responses to change is not to be frustrated, is not to be fear, but to be submissive to God, obedient to God, and to hear his revelation of his words. You need the word of God in your life today. I can tell you when you sit with the doctor, and whatever the doctor tells you, if you have the word of God, that will feed your soul. So the doctor says you have cancer, this is the treatment. You know what God said to me? Really simple, because I know he needs something. God says, I am going to bring you through this every day. I'm going to be brought through this. That was my belief. That was my confession. I am coming through this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, what I'm telling you is not my words. It's God's words. You have to get into that cave, that place where Elijah was, to hear the voice of God. I love... The story, the allegory that I've read from the book, simply on the basis, because in the simple terms, it just allows us to just point out that changes happen. We don't always respond best, but the two mice sniff and scurry. One is quick, and one is exploratory. There's movement, and there's exploration. Both define faith. This week in Changes... I want you, if you can, just to say, I'm just going to explore this change. Ask the question, God, what are you doing? If you have this spirit of faith to go, what are you doing, God? It's not out of confusion. I'm not asking God, what are you doing? At the moment, I'm going, what are you doing? Where are you, God? Who are you on? Who are you talking to? What are you showing me? And if you can imagine yourself, you're like that mouse. You're like, wow. And the moment I see something, I want to move to it. 
Right, Hannah and Gaff are not moving to Newbridge because it's better. They're not moving to it because it's worse. They're moving to because God said. This isn't a message about leaving church and just creating a whole new future. This is about a message that leads to where God is saying. The word of God. Okay? Minnesota. It's the word of God for Claire. It may not be the word of God for all of us. You know, I'm praying for Hawaii. But you know, I haven't heard that yet. We're going to finish. Ben, can you jump up if that's all right? Can you just kind of close your eyes? I'd love to take a moment just to pause. God, what are you saying? Just say that to you and God. On one hand, look at the changes in your life. On the other hand, look at the unchanging God. Bring them together. Had a job interview this week. Meeting with a healthcare professional. Just working something through. Bring those changes together. Just if you're new here, there'll be people praying quietly all around. Just having that moment to do that. I just want to ask you a question. If you're new and you don't know Jesus, this is quite key for you. Jesus will bring freedom into every area of your life. Tied up in sin, wrong, lost in the darkness, and you don't know where you're going or what your purpose is in life. All sorts of changes going on, and you're just going, I am lost. But Jesus wants to find you this morning. He knows where you are, but he just waits for you to put your hand up and say, would you find me? Knowing God, you find yourself, you find the purpose that he put in your life, you're just coming back and connecting today. You don't come back to God perfect, you just come back by saying, God, I come to you as I am. Forgive me. What I've heard this morning somehow connects with my soul. is that Jesus came to bring freedom and life and I want to receive that that's you this morning put your hand up and say I receive Jesus anybody Father I pray for all of us may your spirit of life come into us May we be constantly curious about change. Sniffing out and rushing around, finding the words of God this week. So we obedient, submitting to you. Holding the revelation of God, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.